What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. All right, let's get to it. Episode number 39 of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Yes, another week without Sean, uh, but he'll be back soon. He's working hard, guys. He's working hard. And I'm not alone. I'm I'm joined again by my good buddy, John Cummings. Welcome back, John. Thanks for having me back again. Of course, of course. You are the first uh, two-time guest, and you're the first first and only guest to go back-to-back. Hey, there we go. There we go. You're making call me the revi- Just call me the revival here. You're making <laughs> you're making waves here, man. Okay, uh, yeah, we got a lot to come up uh, coming up because uh, it's Survivor Series of War Games this weekend. A lot has been building up towards this 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 pack weekend that's happening this in Chicago. Um, we are recording this. Uh, November 21st, so it's before SmackDown airs, so anything that happens with SmackDown, uh, I mean, we, we don't know what's happening. This is the time we can do it, so we're doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so a lot to get into with uh, AEW, Raw, NXT. We'll be giving our War Games predictions and our Survivor Series predictions at the end of this, but uh, first, let's just kick into uh, AEW here, John. We, had, we started with... Um, Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix to open the show. It's not bad. It's a good start. You know, Nick Jackson's first singles match in over four years because his brother Matt is out with the back injury. Yeah, he... Uh, thanks thanks, thanks, thanks to the brutal attack of the inner circle last week. Thanks to Santana and Ortiz. Um, I think that is a bit of a work, though. Uh, Matt being out a li- just, just a little bit. I, I don't doubt that maybe he doesn't have a bad back or anything, but I think it is a bit of a I- work. To sell it, you know? I mean, it is. He said he has he has had the back problems in the past. That that is true. He did he has had back problems, but I think it's a little bit of both. But anyway, I remember seeing on Twitter someone putting up uh, something that says, "Man, I'd really love to see Nick Jackson face Ray Phoenix in a singles match." And then Nick Jackson quotes the, and replies to the tweet and says, "Yeah, me too." This was a few months ago. I think it was not too long after All Out, and 
just a few months later, we're getting we got Nick Jackson, Ray Phoenix uh, in a singles match. Um, yeah, and it and it does work because when you get when Matt eventually comes back, you can still put those two in the storyline for for the tag team titles and stuff like that. Yeah, they do have their long his history rival. Mm-hmm, that's very true. I mean, it it was kind of weird seeing Nick Jackson not in a tag match. Not so much Phoenix because right. because Phoenix has wrestled a bunch of singles matches. I mean, people, more right. people, even 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 with the Lucha Brothers thing, they they still have their one-off singles matches. I mean, they kind of started as singles wrestlers because I don't I think they've only been tagging for a couple of years recently. I think they started that in Impact and they've been continuing that ever since. Um, yeah, because we're kind of more or less used to them as tag guys. But Pentagon and Phoenix are two guys who you can put a tag team, you can put them singles, and, they, and they'll be able to handle anything. But this was a lot of fun, yeah. a lot of high flying action, a lot of back and forth. Um, I think one of my favorite spots from this match is I think Nick was up at the top turnbuckle, and then Phoenix does a. Oh, you're right there. Yeah. I, I just heard, like, I don't know if that was a burp or what. Oh, yeah, that was my bad. I did burp my bad. I apologize. <laughs> <that one. laughs> it's okay. That snuck it's... up on me, and I tried, to, I tried to muffle it as good as I could. It's okay. It's okay. I just wasn't sure if there was, like, a connection problem. Sorry about that, folks. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, the, no. The, um, I love the spot where Nick is standing on the second turnbuckle, and Phoenix kind of, like, jumps from the middle turnbuckle and does, like, a, a hurricane run, a flip. Uh, with 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 uh, with Nick, I mean, I think you were really this. Any, it's, it's kind of what you expected, but not like in the say, oh, yeah. this is what I expected. Like, but like kind of like with a lot of wrestling matches, this is what you expected, and it delivered. It was a lot of fun. Um, makes me want to see these guys go at it a little more. And yeah, it was just it was just really fun fun. Uh, I guess cruiserweight style action reminded me a lot of like what WCW would do when they'd open with a cruiserweight match to uh, really hype up the crowd. Yeah, yeah. From the highlights that I saw, it was it was pretty decent. Nice high spots in and out of the ring, Hurricane Rana's, you know, usual stuff from guys like that. But it was it was it was good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Definitely would not mind uh, Ray and uh, Nick going at it a, a, a couple more times. And maybe maybe we can get that in a in a when the Lucha Bros and Young Bucks lock it up one more time. Maybe we can get a, like a build like a pay per view or something. But this was good. I mean, yeah. after, Phoenix got the pin, got the win, and uh, afterwards Nick sh- left his hand out to shake to Phoenix, and Phoenix kind of just shrugged him off, showing that there still is kind of some some beef between the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. I like that a lot. Don't. Always good to keep that beef going, even if it's in, even if it went from tag teams to a to singles match. It's always good to be like, no, I'm, we're the best tag team, even though it's a singles match. We're the best tag team over you guys. And I like that, you know, because they only just ended this feud a few months ago, and I like because a lot of times when you see feuds end, they kind of just like, oh, you know, shake your hand, you know, I respect you or whatever. I you don't always have to do that. I kind of like of like, no, nah, we're not cool. Right, we're not cool. I'll see you later. It's like, like no, it, yeah, it's like no, you you got us this time. We're we're gonna come back and we're gonna we're gonna get you next time. Yeah, and I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, Phoenix and and Nick Jackson, uh, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, other things that happened on the show here, we had a really fun uh segment with uh Le Champion Chris Jericho and Jake Hager and SCU 
coming down. Uh, Jericho was pretty much saying that he's going to get his thank you party extravaganza Thanksgiving party in Chicago uh, next week. Uh, he tried saying he was sorry to the fans that he threw a temper tantrum, but he couldn't bring himself to say sorry. Anytime he wanted to say sorry, he put the mic to Hager's mouth and he'd just say sorry. I, <laughs> I, I really love this. I really love the tongue, tongue, Class- old tongue-in-cheek Class- with this thing. Classic Jericho. He was... He really can't do any wrong at this point. He knows what the hell he's he knows what the hell he's doing. He can get anything over. He can get a meme over. I mean a little crying out loud, he got the he got the word it over. He got the word it over. He got a list over. He got a a little bit of the bubbly catchphrase over and it's a t shirt and it's like the at one point it was the number one or maybe still the number one selling t shirt in pro wrestling tees and in hot topic. It's the guy could do anything. Yeah, he 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 got scarfs over too. He got scarfs over. He can get anything over this guy, but um, but yeah, he uh he said that he had a temper tantrum, apologized in his own way, said he was having a celebration extravaganza, was gonna finally gonna get his thank you from AEW executives, from uh TBS time uh, time Warner executives, uh just everybody. And then SCU come down, and Scorpio Sky said, "Well, you didn't mention why you got that. Uh, why you why you had that loss? It's because I gave you your first pinfall loss." And the crowd popped. Yeah. They say like this has been the best week of my life. It's like my high school crush, Melanie Phillips. I don't know her last name. It's like she hit me up, and now I got a date with her. And the crowd started chanting, "Melanie and Jer." Jer- <laughs> I love this from Jericho. Yeah, well, I've seen a picture of Melanie Phillips lately, and she's gained a little weight since high school. And Scorpio Sky <laughs> with the great uh, great comeback. Hey, I like big butts, and I cannot lie. <laughs> Scorpio uh, Sky. Oh, it was great. Uh, and but the, because of that, pin, because of that fin, pinfall, it now granted Scorpio a one-on-one match with Le Champion for the championship. Yeah. And SCU kind of tricked him into getting a championship match. CDs Christopher Daniels just like, whoa, 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 we need like you know like a month of affair. I don't think he's ready for this. Like, no, you get a week. It's all you're getting. You're getting a week. And Frankie Kazarian, like, <laughs> I love what he did. He's like, well, if it's if it is next week, better make sure it's not for that AEW championship. Cause old uh, Jericho, uh, he did Pig Latin, Jericho Skay. Uh, I can't remember, but he's pretty much said Jericho's a little crazy when it comes to that AEW title. He's like. Yeah. What you don't is I don't want a championship match. No, you don't want a championship match. I don't deserve one. No, you don't deserve one. But you don't want one. No, I don't. Like, well, you got one, and they, and they tricked him. <laughs> but I loved, but I loved when Scorpio Sky got serious and was just said, "I've waited 15 years for a moment like this, and I'm gonna turn Le Champion into Le Bitch." Oh. I'm excited for this because. I do think that at one point Scorpio Sky can be like a really big singles player in AEW. Don't think he's gonna. He be. definitely. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, yeah, he definitely he he definitely can be a big player. I don't think obviously I don't think he's gonna win the title, but I like that we're getting. That's really one thing I really like about AEW is that we are getting these big fight field and these big matches on TV. And it's not like AEW is, you know, hey, there's a pay-per-view coming up, so we got to save these big matches for the pay-per-view. No, you don't have to. You can have great matches on your television program. Anytime. Yes, yeah, at any time. 
it proves with this. I'm excited for next week. Um, and I'm just, I'm just excited for Scorpio Sky to get a big, get, you know, get a big rub from a guy like Chris Jericho. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, again, I don't think he'll win, but cause I think SCU, they're, they're still kind of dealing with the Lucha bros earlier in the night. They had that battle Royal and, First of all, I have to say, how kayfabe stupid is Pentagon Jr.? I have no clue. I, I don't know if you saw this, but like before that battle royal happened, Pentagon Jr. was was the last person to get into the ring. The bell rang. What appeared to be Ray Phoenix in a different mask, an AEW uh, zip-up hoodie and jeans. They do the settle miedo thing, and then. Right. As as Pentagon's doing that to, I think it was Kip Sabian he was doing it to, takes off the mask, it's it's Christopher Daniels. And then Chuck Taylor eliminates him. How stupid is oh. Pentagon Jr.? How do you not realize it's not your brother? Yeah. Oh. You, would, you, would, you should notice the significant difference between a tall guy and, and a decently short guy. I know. Christopher Daniels is, like, significantly taller than Ray Phoenix. Not to mention, Christopher Daniels does not have a full sleeve tattoo. That's true. I mean, he was none of his tattoos were showing. In that sense, I get it. But Christopher Daniels has a lot more weight and is much taller than uh, yeah. Ray Phoenix. That battle royal was a lot of fun too. Apparently, uh, Adam Page and Hangman pa- Adam bleh, Hangman Adam Page and MJF were the two winners because apparently it had to come to town to two people and they'll have a following match for this uh, dynamite ring next week. I I did see that. I did hear the last two before MJ before MJF was Jungle Boy and Adam Page, but yeah. you know M- MJF pulled the old uh, the old WWE switcheroo and bamboozled everybody by just staying outside the ring for a bit and then came in eliminated Jungle Boy. Yeah. One thing I found very strange about this match was there was a thing going on with Billy Gunn and MJ, which by the way, Billy Gunn got a huge pop from the crowd. And oh, he is that. he is massive, man. He is huge. Well, I mean, I don't know how true it is, but the reason he got fired from WWE was because of the steroids, but don't know if that holds any water, but yes, that that man is is decently huge from what he from what we we remember being him him being a Billy badass. I mean, when you think about guys back then in the Attitude Era or Ruthless Aggression Era, to, to, to when his tenure was really done with the WWE as an active wrestler, you don't think his him as one of the bigger guys, but he is huge. He's got to be at yeah, least he, like he like six bigger. like six three. He's got to weigh at least like two hundred fifty pounds. He's jacked. Probably, and he's, yeah, he's jacked from what he used to be. There was a big dynamic playing with MJF and Billy Gunn throughout this match that any kind of interaction or fan fun thing that Billy Gunn was having with somebody, like with Sonny Kiss, and I believe with uh, Jungle Boy, whoever it was, MJF kept eliminating them. And MJ- I believe it was uh, Orange Cassidy he had a little moment with yeah, Orange and- Cassidy was hitting his, uh, his, famous, his famous leg kick. Yeah, his his I don't I don't I don't give a crap I don't give a shit kicks like eh, whatever here we go yeah, uh, and then and then right 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 before the last major super kick that was when uh that, MJF eliminated him yeah and Billy Gunn tried to eliminate MJF but then Hangman Page came in hit the bu- uh the buckshot Lariat and he eliminated uh, Billy Gunn now I didn't 
make much sense of this because if you are trying to build Hangman Page back up and if he is supposed to be a babyface, and Billy Gunn got a huge, huge pop. I don't know. I just don't think that did any favors for Hangman Page. Me personally. I mean, I really think if you really wanted to get heat on somebody, I think what would have been better is just having... It would have had MJF to uh, eliminate Billy Gunn. And I get maybe because the size... Because Hangman Page was probably the one who was closest in size to Billy Gunn. But eventually, Hangman's new new muscle... I'm sorry, MJF's new muscle came down to the ring. So you could have had him hold Billy Gunn or distract Billy Gunn. That would have made MJF uh, eliminate him. Right. I don't know. Just for me, it didn't really do any favors for Hangman. Not that it really matters too much, but that's just nitpicking. Yeah, yeah. especially if you're trying to build Hangman back up to what he used to be. Having him go up against the new... Well, I don't want to say newly heel since MJF has been always a heel. Yeah, but he, you got the story that when MJF turned on Cody, what what is it, what good's it gonna do for both of those guys? You're building up Hangman, you're building Hangman back up, but now you're trying to build uh, MJF. So, I mean, we will see in the future. Well, next week we'll see how the things play out. Cody's coming back next week. Yeah, and I would imagine that he's gonna get involved somehow. But commentary did say that Hangman, Hangman has temporarily, or he's at least for now, he's left the Elite. Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, according to what what I saw in BTE, he did have a conversation with uh, Matt and Nick. It was just like, yeah, I, I can't do this right now. I just need to focus on other stuff. And Matt and Nick were just like, what the hell happened? I thought we did this to have fun. Exactly. Um, look, I think I am interested to see where this goes with Hangman Page, because... He is one of the most entertaining, most fun, like, athletic wrestlers I've ever seen watching live. I was at a, a Hammerstein yeah. Ballroom show last year. The main event was Bullet Club versus The Kingdom and, I think, Shane Taylor uh, in, in ROH. And it was the Bucks, Marty Skrull, and Hangman having this crazy, like, tornado tag, eight-man, like, hardcore match. And Hangman Adam Page, he did a moonsault from one of the balconies in the Hammerstein Ballroom. I I saw that. Taking everybody out. I was there for that. I'm like, this guy is insane. Hangman Page is a star. Oh, yeah. Well, not a star, but he's fantastic. I think what needs to happen... They really are trying to. They really are trying to make him a household name for the company, and I think him kind of stepping away from the elite is a good thing, because he said it himself that I've always been the least successful member of the elite. Because when you're kind of associated with these guys, you think of the Bucks and Kenny and Cody. They're all big name stars on their own. Even to someone who is just the average WWE watcher, they've probably they've probably heard of Cody Rhodes or the Bucks or Kenny Omega because. If you're a wrestling yeah. fan, how can you not have heard of any of these guys? Yeah, because everybody throws their names in with the WWE guys now. Like, okay, everybody wants to see the Young Bucks versus the Revival against the Usos, against the New Day. Everybody wants to see Kenny versus Seth, Kenny versus Roman, Kenny versus AJ Styles. Exactly. So I think Hangman kind of separating from the group a little bit and doing things on his own, I do like that. 
Right, and, and even with Marty not in AEW right now, he even he even had his spots, yeah, his high spots with the Elite when they were all together. But they when they were all together, very Mar- true. Marty had Marty had his fair sh- fair fair singles titles. Everybody else in that group had a title at some point in the Elite. The Hangman never had a title. Well, as he far did, as I can remember, he did have the six man tag titles with the Bucks one time. But he's but okay. you, but you are right in the sense that he's never had like a singles title. Right, because I mean, he had the six-man titles with the Bucks. Young Bucks. Yes. So of course he was overshadowed by the Bucks. Everybody was like, "Oh, Young Bucks and Hangman have the six-man tag title." Yeah, where it's not like even when Marty Skrull won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, that was a big deal. Oh well, um, yeah. Or when he when uh, Cody winning the ROH title, even Kenny having a singles title, it's just the guy makes the title. And I do think Hangman Adam Page can be a huge, huge star. It's a slow rise to the top. But I think one day he really will be the face of this company. Oh, because, I believe it. One one day he will. Because I had uh, my buddy uh, Fozzie on here a few uh, almost a month ago. And he was more of the casual fan. And I showed him stuff. I said, hey, watch some of this stuff and see what you... And let me know what you saw. And let me know what you thought. And... He instantly has become a big fan of Hangman Adam Page. He loved the match with him and Jericho. He loved the tag match that he had with Kenny against Mox and uh, Pac. And he's just like, dude, this Hangman guy is insane. I love him. So, I think they're slowly building Hangman Page back up. And have him kind of be on his own. I'm for it. Yeah. Now, whatever this diamond ring thing is that him and MJF are going to be fighting for over next week we don't really know yeah don't know any repercussions of winning the ring like congratulations you got a diamond ring but what what speculations or perks come with said ring excuse me I think we'll be able to I think we'll find out more information next week but you and I were talking about this off mic for a bit that we have to imagine it's some kind of stipulation for like a future title shot right yeah, that's the only thing that would make sense—a a title shot, like at any at any given time, like their version of the Money in the Bank briefcase, so to speak. Right, something like that. Oh, excuse me, damn. But yeah, I guess moving on towards the end of the show, we had Kenny Omega. He was working out in a, in a gym with Michael Nakazawa, pretty much saying that he's getting redemption and a victory over Pack is the right step in motion to get him back where he needs to be. And there was right. a funny bit where he's like, double the weight, Michael. Double it? Yeah, double it. And it's just, it's like, I it was have... just, it was just like, it was like two five pound plates. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 just the one side. <laughs> <laughs> so I did like the little bit of comedy in there. Kenny can be very good comedy, uh, he can oh, be a yeah. very good comedy wrestler, which is something people can forget. He can be a very good comedy wrestler. And that's what, oh, Michael, yeah. and that's what Michael Nakazawa is too. It's, he's a comedy guy. Um, but uh, the main event of the show, we saw Darby Allen versus John Moxley, and these guys from the from the get go from the get go it was start from Darby's entrance to everything. It was just on point with everything. Darby Allen comes out on his patented skateboard in a body bag has, with Mox with, with yeah, Mox is written on it. Mox is written on the body bag, and, and then as Mox, Darby Allen's just standing in the ring and. 
Moxie's making his entrance. As soon as he gets over the guardrail, Darby Allen is already leaping through the low Suicide. Ropes, just, just Tope Suicida onto John Moxley, and they just go at it. Knocked him back right into the guardrail. Knocked that guardrail back a good, like, couple feet. Just from the beginning, it was just hard hitting. I love the spot with the, the Canadian Destroyer. You had this really... You had, um... I mean, they did make you believe for a split second that Darby could win. Oh, yeah. Darby was keeping up with them. I, you saw the woman in the front who was painted up like Darby Allen. I, I loved in his entrance that you saw this kid who was painted up like Darby Allen. I think Darby Allen is another guy who I think is can be a huge, huge player in AEW. He's very oh, yeah, young. He's... I, I think he's like 23 or 24 years old. He, um... What was that? I believe that was a car driving down my street. <laughs> <laughs> well, see you later, pal. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we had a... Darby Allen is somebody... He kind of reminds me a bit of... A little bit of Eddie Guerrero, a little bit of Rey Mysterio. He's got the darker side to him. Like, there's little elements of, like, of, like, you know, Crow staying in there, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a, I don't want to say Undertaker, uh, but Darby Allen is kind of his own thing. He, you can tell he kind of takes influences and bits and pieces of his favorite wrestlers, but we haven't really seen, you know, guys too much like Darby Allen. I mean, I don't remember a wrestler who's ever brought a skateboard and a body bag down to the ring with him before. Yeah, I don't think in the many years I've been watching, I've ever, I've ever seen a guy ride a skateboard down with a body bag. And he has said that he's glad that he's in AEW because he feels that WWE would just tell him what to be. And yeah. that, that can be very true. I don't think WWE would necessarily get the character and the gimmick of Darby Allen. Triple H right. might, but Triple H would probably tell him, hey, you can't be bringing a body bag down to the ring. Even if he is yeah. in NXT and kind of lets him be who he is. I don't think Triple H would be cool. Yeah, even yeah, I think even I think even Triple H would have to draw a line at sometimes. Like, yeah, the skateboard's cool, your whole persona's cool, but the body bag, you you might have to leave those at home. And coming from a publicly traded company like WWE, I can get that, but they have done things in the past where it's just like, really, is a body bag the worst thing? Yeah, I mean, well, well, for one, to me, the tag team name of Kyrie Sane and Oscar. The, the Kabuki Warriors. Now what's now what's worse, that or the Viking Experience? I think the Viking Experience. I think so too. <laughs> to, to be honest, like, yeah, the Viking the Viking Experience sounds cause, pretty terrible. Because I ranted on this about that, how much I hated it. God, I hated it. True. But anyway, um, but Darby Allen and John Moxley work very well together. Both guys who are very much in the hardcore element type of things uh, hard hitting not holding anything back I, my favorite spot of this match was the finish that elevated inverted oh. paradigm shift off the second turn off the second rope that was insane I mean yeah, that was... there there is no I think I said it last week how there's no shame in losing especially if the match is booked well and Darby may have taken the pin, but he looked fantastic in this. And Moxley, in the future, as far as who's next in line to have a like a 
title shot at pay-per-view. Moxley's got to be on that list. I would say it's got to be Moxley. You have you have guys and Pax on the list too. Yeah. But I feel like Moxley should be the next guy for the for the title at a, at a pay-per-view. Cuz he's oh, on def- he's definitely. on fire right now. Oh yeah, big win over big win over Kenny Omega at full gear. The win over Darby Allen this week. The, the the kid's on a roll. He's on a roll. He he deserves a shot at Chris Jericho. The kid. He's he's in his mid thirties. You're calling him a <laughs> kid. Know. He's older than us. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but hey, man, I I um I I've said it a million times that I just love that Moxley's actually having fun and he looks like he's enjoying wrestling again because yeah. you, you could tell how miserable he was in WWE. Yeah. But um but yeah, th- this episode of AEW very solid. I liked it. Um. What they're gonna do as far as the next pay per view is, I don't know. Um, they have said that the Miami show they're doing is gonna be called Bash at the Beach, which you think WWE would have had that trademarked? I believe WWE does. I believe they did trademark it at one point. I think the cl- and then I, I, I w- think the paperwork fell through and it never happened. I was watching uh, a cultaholic news video earlier this morning when I was at, uh, at work, and. Sam Driver did say, he said, I think it has to do with if something is trademarked and a company is not necessarily using it for X amount of time to their benefit or whatever the case may be. That it's up for grabs after X amount of time. It it can be, you know. And I heard there's things about, because, and Cody Rhodes apparently trademarked Dusty Rhodes too. Yes, I did see a list of a whole bunch of stuff that Cody he, Rhodes tried to trademark. He's trying to get the American Nightmare. I think he's. I think he's trying to get the American Dream trademark too. You think he would have American Na- Nightmare trademarked already? Yeah, con- considering he's been using that since he got out of WWE. Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah. But he's been going. He's been going trademark happy, and he put out a tweet saying, you know. Uh, something like looks like we're here in Pity City. Gonna have to be going to court soon and buy uh, going to the, going to the store soon and buy a new suit. So apparently the WWE might be suing Cody Rhodes over this. And honestly, that that really is petty. That really, it is, really is. I understand because um, apparently the rumor is Cody wants to write a book about his dad, like post career, from when he was right. from his final years when he was still alive. Right, and I think that's really that's really great. Right, I mean, I mean it's his dad. He did a lot it, for the wrestling industry in yeah, general. That's his father. I think he should have the right to write a book on his own father and his experiences and his final mem- and his lasting memories before he passed away. Now, right. I think as far as like doing stuff on his life and everything because WWE do have like that they do have a certain thing trademarked with Dusty Rhodes as far as like showing his history and everything okay that's more of a WWE thing they kind of own the rights to that. that's fine but a son wanting to write a book about his dad don't come on you have enough money you have a lot you already are getting a lot of bad press because you, because because I mean, one Saudi Arabia, you've gotten a lot yeah. of bad press about talent not being happy. You're burying certain talent because you know, because of reasons of, that are unknown, that are <clears throat> unknown, speculated. I mean, 
you you push people a little bit and then you stop their push like you know with Luke Harper yeah. for, Luke Harper for one he was back with Rowan for about a week or two as a tag team and they lost to Brian and Roman at, at Clash Champions I believe it was or was I that believe the, so or was that Hell in a Cell uh, might have been Hell in a Cell yeah it was Hell in a Cell because Harper came back at Clash of Champions actually yeah so right. you don't want more bad publicity and then the whole Jordan Miles or sorry ACH thing Right, he just officially got his release from WWE today after calling them a bunch of racists for the design that he had somewhat of approval, according to them on. According to them, it's... I mean, that's not something I really wanted to get into, but for those of you listening, if you know about it, if not, you know, look it up, it's out there. The shirt is controversial, um, but it's also really a crap t-shirt. Yeah, it, it was really crappy. I mean, they released all those T-shirts before NXT TV on USA as if they were getting ready to prepare for uh, a competition or something. Oh, I don't know. AEW? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I remember Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green getting one, and theirs kind of, like, matched in a way, but it was still awful. They were, yeah. aw- they were awful T-shirt designs. And yeah, NXT... The, the designs they came out with a bunch of those guys were just terrible to begin with. And NXT usually has great t-shirt designs. Oh, yeah. Gargano has had really great t-shirt designs. The Undisputed Eras had great t-shirt designs. Aleister Black had great t-shirt designs. Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. Just the NXT brand t-shirts have been great. Like the one that they're wearing right now during the invasion with the skull with NXT over it. That's a pretty nice design. Mm -hmm. Uh, Velveteen Dream has had some pretty good, good shirts here and there. Especially his yep. dream over one that looks like Macho Man's. Yep. But yeah, um, kind of forgetting what we were kind of getting into. I <laughs> I don't know how we got the got to ACH. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, the whole Cody Cody Rhodes and uh, yeah, the trademark the whole, thing. Yeah, the whole trademark thing. That's the whole thing. I I think that you know just leave it be. Let Cody write a book on his dad. Let him. He should be able to talk about and publish things about his father. Yeah. I mean, it, it's bad enough you guys have already said he can't use le- legitimately his own last name for his wrestling career, and he has to go by Cody. Yeah. I, mean, I believe Ronalds is his real last name, but Rhodes is a fa- yeah. is his family name. Yeah. It's bad enough. I mean, Cody can't use it. Dustin can use it, and Brandy can use it. But, but fair credit to him, he's gone out and he's proven that he doesn't need the name. And good, for, yeah. and good on him. People still call him Cody Rhodes, obviously. But Oh, yeah. But anyway, Cody will be back next week. Uh, Kenny will be facing Pac next week. And AEW next week should be a lot of fun. But I think we get into the rest of this podcast. It's going to be all heavy WWE stuff right now. As Ooh. we as we are heading into War Games this Saturday, Survivor Series this Sunday. And let's talk a little bit and start off a little bit with uh, Monday Night Raw. Now... We had Samoa Joe come in and replace, uh, what's his name, Dio Madden, for commentary. Right, after he was viciously attacked by... By Brock. Brock Lesnar a few weeks ago. And you know what? I really, really hope... It's a similar thing to Punk, where Punk was doing commentary when he was injured. Joe is still currently injured, so... Hell, I would love for Joe to... Keep doing commentary. Oh yeah, Joe sounded Joe sounded great on commentary Monday night. I think when Joe wants to hang it up, put him on com- on the commentary te- uh, team. 
when Definitely. he when he wants to stop wrestling, put him on commentary, and that is Joe's career. I remember someone putting like a comparison, a side by side comparison of him and Taz, and I'm just like, damn, that's true. real close. It's it's really <laughs> really close. There was a picture with Joe with the ECW title, and I don't know where someone got that. I think there was like a retro thing a few years ago where they got people and they had like people wearing like classic titles. There was one picture with Owens with the with the the wing WWF championship, the one that Bret Hart and Diesel and Shawn Michaels had. I did see those. I think Becky Lynch was holding the uh, the hardcore title or something like that. Yeah, and I think Charlotte was holding the original women's championship. So it was probably taken from there, but. But yeah, it was Joe was was really great on commentary this past week. Yeah. Uh, they the great match that happened was Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre. Joe did pick up though. These guys are are both on Team Raw on Sunday. Why are they having a match? Right. And right. King was just like, yeah, I agree. That I do find that a little strange. It didn't make much sense to me. If commentary was picking up on it, then it's part of the story. It's not just Joe being funny, like, hey, uh, why are they doing this? Because Joe, I see, feels yeah. like, like one of those guys who's kind of given like the, the freedom to be like, all right, you can you can kind of do what you want with the promos. There's very few guys who can do that. I think Joe is one of those guys that kind of give leeway to. Yeah. But yeah, they... He's, but he's... they. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, Joe, Joe, like you said, Joe is one of those guys the company looks at and just goes, you know what you're doing on the mic. You can just go out there and and free free speech it basically just do what you want out there I'd have to say main roster he's probably the best promo guy probably yeah I mean every time I hear a, a promo from Samoa Joe like he is like the most real of anybody in the entire roster like yeah. like uh, like when a wrestler and a, a person's trying to be them on TV dialed up to 11 I believe it's I believe Joe 100% every time he has, he's on the stick but um definitely I mean, but regardless to that, Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre were putting on a hell of a match, and they were putting everything on the line. Just laying um, it all out there. Regardless of if they're teaming on, though they're not, they're teaming on Sunday. They are. But taking that aside, this was a really great match. Later on... Yeah, as as of right ahead. now, as of right now, they're yeah. teaming for Team Raw on Sunday. We'll get into that in a bit. Our theories and speculations of what we think will happen. But anyway... And that t- ties into Triple H coming down with some NXT guys. The match kind of ending, I believe, in a no contest. Triple H came into the ring. He's kind of trying to recruit people to come back to NXT. He tried to do it with Rollins a few weeks ago, and now he's doing it with Kevin Owens. But this was like the most convincing, though. With Rollins, you didn't think he'd go back to NXT because he right. very much is a main roster WWE guy. He fits right. The and league. like, go ahead. Yeah, and like the the catchphrase he has, it's. It's not Monday Night Raw. It's Monday Night Rollins. So they're not going to take their top guy from Raw just to be like, okay, now you're Team NXT since you were a former NXT champion. Exactly. But this thing with Triple H felt real. He said that a few years ago, you came in and you won the NXT champion. You betrayed your best friend to win the NXT championship, Sami uh, Zayn. You show up on Monday Night Raw and attack John Cena, send him to the hospital while stomping on his United States Championship. While hoisting your NXT Championship high in the air. Exactly. You know, he won, he beat John Cena in his first match 
on WWE, the WWE's main roster. And he said, you accomplished all these things in NXT, but then you got taken away. Meaning, right. called up. He's like, and then there was a slow decline because they don't really know what they're doing with you. Triple H pretty much saying, come back. He's like, I, he's like, you were taken away and I don't think you ever really wanted to go. And right. you could see Kevin Owens like was really convinced and it made it seem like for a second that he did want to go back to NXT. Right, and in that Triple H speech he did say since you've come up here, they haven't really known what to do with you. Like, yeah, you were you were this you were IC champion, a United States champion, uh, the Universal champion. But Kurt Angle tried to Kurt Angle fired you. You Shane, went to SmackDown. Shane McMahon Daniel fired Bri- Shane McMahon fired yeah. you. Yeah, Dan, you went to SmackDown. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon fired you. Pretty much saying you're not welcome on this main roster. You're not welcome. A guy that Triple H also said like you're a guy that that, that doesn't fit the mold down here. And you know what? I love that. I want it. Exactly. This and it was really great promo work by Triple H too. Really oh, great. And you could see Kevin Owens was thinking about it. He was convinced. Yeah, he's like, "Wow, you know, you got a point here. You got, you definitely have a point here." And all of a sudden, Era comes down. And I'm a little hazy on this part. But they yeah, because right before right before Era came out and attacked Kevin Owens, the roster from Team Raw came down and attacked. The people that Triple H had brought down with him. Exactly. So, and they attacked Kevin Owens, but Triple H like was looking confused and going to Adam Cole like, "What? Like, kind of like, what are you doing?" Yeah. Like I was trying to, I was trying to recruit him, but I think, in like the kayfabe sense, Adam Cole's just like he's raw. You know, we're Team NXT. It's just we inst- still got to show our dominance. Yeah, still got to show dominance, and it's our instinct to that effect. I right. think. That um, <clears throat> but I do think I can see Kevin Owens going back to NXT. I can too. He I really, do see, I do see him going to, to going back to NXT. He had like the shortest run from NXT to main roster, and it all happened so fast. Yeah. And I really wish he could have done more. Now there's an opportunity for him to do more. Right. I'm trying to think what else happened on this show. Because, I mean, you think Kevin Owens goes back to NXT? Who knows? He can go for the North American title. He can go for the NXT championship, which he most likely will. I would love and you to get see... Mat- go ahead. You get you get matches like Kevin Owens versus Adam Cole again. Matt Riddle, Finn Balor. That's what uh, I want to see. Keith, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic. I want to see uh, Owens Cole feud. That's what I really want to see. I want to see those guys go at it. Because that could that that could be gold right there. That could I be a good so. one. I think uh, between those two guys, the history they've had in PWG and Ring of Honor, they can yep. really play that up. Could we see Kevin Owens join the Undisputed Era? Maybe for a brief for a brief time, maybe. But yeah, yeah. But Kevin Owens NXT, it's like he never should have left NXT. He really, he, should. Sh- he really should have stayed there. Yeah. Um, trying to see what else happened on Raw here, because again, my memory is shot from this episode. Right, mine is too. Even though it was only a few days ago. I know. 
uh, Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar's match was made a uh, no holds barred match. Right, right. That's a good one. It's good. It, it'll be good, but it didn't really need to be a no holds barred match. I was really looking forward to like Rock, Brock and Ray putting on together a good singles match, but hey, I think this should this should be uh, this could probably have some shenanigans in it. Which probably get more into that with predictions. Um, you had Randy Orton choose Ricochet to be his tag partner against the Viking Raiders. Right, because Hawkins and uh, Ryder were supposed to have their tag team title match, but AOP shockingly showed up on Raw and attacked them. Which I'm sure we'll be getting the AOP and the Viking Raiders leading up into the next couple of weeks. Right. And I guess to close the show here, it was saying that Randy Orton and Ricochet versus Viking, Viking Raiders ends with the NXT and SmackDown rosters interfering. All three brands fight, and Triple H was saying that the door is open to NXT for Raw and SmackDown to appear and fight. Yep. Now, NXT guys on main roster with this invasion thing, it's been kind of hit or miss. It has because you have this, you have the Street Profits who who just got called up to Raw. Probably what about a month and a half ago? Two months. I feel like it's long been longer than that. Well, they've had the backstage cameos before they actually had an official match on Raw. Yeah. But even with those, it's, they've only been up on the main roster, per se, for only a few months. So for them to just turn their back on NXT that quick. There is one There is one thing, though, real quickly, that we did get. Aleister Black had someone knocking on his door. Ooh. That was Buddy Murphy knocking on his door. Bloody Buddy Murphy knocking on Black's door. That's a match I really, really want to see. Yes, and I, I will say Buddy Murphy knocking on the door first and then going out for his match with Akira Tozawa, that was act, that was actually a pretty good match. I was I was tuned into my TV for most of that match. That was, Tozawa, that was a good match. Tozawa and Murphy was very good. It didn't feel just like a, you know, a rehash of... For whatever reason, when they put like 205 Live guys together on Raw, the matches have been okay, but this was actually very good and it was very entertaining. Yes. Um... I'm I'm just very excited to see what they do with Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black. Oh, um, I, I'm excited for that. I think in that Black will for sure get the victory whenever they have their match because they really are building Aleister Black up to be a, like a top guy on Raw. Um, Buddy Murphy, I think if he kind of gives like a like a I don't give a shit attitude, yeah, he can still look okay in that sense taking a loss. Again, I worry more for WWE guys than I do for anybody else because WWE, when someone loses, they kind of get buried in in a sense. Yeah, they get pushed to the back of the line. Like, okay, now you got to wait your turn all over again. Yeah, exactly. But regardless, if it's anything as good as Cesaro and Aleister Black that happened this year, it's going to be fantastic. And they'll probably oh, yeah. they'll probably do that at uh, TLC in about a month. Yeah, probably. But that should be a lot of fun. Unless they pull the trigger and put it on Raw, but like that's, you said, with the that's, with not the, bad the, like, that's not bad yeah, either. Like, like you said, the build up for him it may be something you should say for pay per view. But if you could pull the trigger early and still get a decent match out of it on a Raw, you're in for a treat that episode. You could make it a series. You could make it a series of Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy having matches on Raw, 
Well, actually, you could make it a series, but again, I don't, I don't see them having Black take a pick a loss for a while. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't know. I really feel like they can build, they can build him to be to go after a championship. Like I can see Black versus Lesnar at Mania. Yeah. But then again, Black could Brock's going to get yeah Brock's going to get the W in that one as usual. I don't know. The thing is with Black, he's one of those guys who can't go to Saudi Arabia. So if he yeah. so if he did face Brock at Mania for the title, a Saudi show is like right after that. Yeah, and he, he can't go because of his tattoos. They'd have to drop. They'd have to. He'd have to drop the title, or they'd have to do like some kind of injury angle. Yeah, we'd have to reli- uh, reli- uh, relinquish it. Well, they don't have to relinquish it, or just so like he wasn't clear, but he will be back at a certain time because. Yeah, but anyway, those stupid Saudi shows. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's get into this episode of NXT. Oh, what a what a way to start it off with the man Becky Lynch meeting the NXT GM William Regal backstage, and William Regal just looking at her, being like, "She's getting the Goldberg tre- back. She's getting the Goldberg treatment." Yeah, getting the security guards comes in to a huge <clears> pop. <throat> I was I remember I, I was watching this. I would told you that I was I was pretty much catching up on AEW and NXT right before we started watching and hearing people boo Becky. I'm like, I can't stand people who are booing Becky. I really yeah. can't. I really can't stand fans who boo someone ironically, just because like, oh, they're popular. Boo! When it came to yeah. like booing Roman Reigns or even like booing Seth Rollins, now there are legitimate claims to booing them. Roman Reigns is because of his booking. They made him be like feel like Superman, and we don't like that. You had it with John no. Cena. And we didn't like it the first time. We weren't gonna like it the second time. With Seth Rollins, the guy's got no filter on social media and. And uh, and interviews, like, yeah. He, and he comes off as as a dickhead, Seth Rollins. He, yeah, look, that's why that's why his universal title reign was so blah. Yeah, it was. And don't get me wrong, I Seth Rollins, I've praised him on this podcast, and I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I truly think that. I just don't like how he's being booked right now. I may not like your booking. Doesn't mean I don't like you as a wrestler. But you are kind of acting like kind of a dick in real life, too. But that's talked about that a little bit last week in the past few weeks. But yeah. with Becky Lynch, I just don't like when people boo her ironically. Just go, oh, boo, Becky sucks. You're boring. Like, no, she's the, yeah. most, she's the most interesting and most over person in the entire company. Oh yeah, talked about on any platform. She's on every every major sports sports related thing, sported uh, sports related TV channel. Like ESPN gets a lot of talk about her now. Exactly, Becky Lynch. It's like maybe a T-shirt, which I'm wearing actually. The man, uh, catchphrase, <laughs> whatever. She is the man, and she is making money, and she's making waves. That promo yeah. promo was short and sweet and simple, saying it's been a while since I've been here. It's been a while since I've kicked someone's ass around here. She wanted Shayna Baszler, but we got Rhea Ripley. And I loved the sight of this, like Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch going at it together. The oh, match, I loved it. The match itself, it was a good match. It wasn't amazing, but it was a good, solid match. The horsewomen coming in, interfering, uh, Rhea and Becky getting the better of them in the end. Good, solid stuff. Yeah. But nice moves. Ray Ripley showing her strength when uh, Becky tried to go for the disarmor, and Ray Ripley just oh yeah, Count, her up. Countering it and putting it into a powerbomb, I believe it was. 
Yeah, solid power bomb. I mean, Rare Ripley feels like a huge, huge deal. I like her because she is very unique from anybody else. She may have a similar vibe to Shayna Baszler, but I think she is very different than a lot of the other girls on the roster. I love Rhea Ripley. I think so, too. The comparison of them two is close, but the the one thing I see is Rhea Ripley is more of the hard hitter, and Shayna Baszler is obviously the submission magician. Yeah, Shayna is more of the like MMA style wrestler, the uh, you know very technical. Whereas Rhea Ripley is very, she's just a brawler, and she's yeah, like, just just straightforward. I'm coming to kick your teeth, and where Shayna Baszler is just like, eh, I'm gonna toy with you for a bit. I'm gonna make this hurt. I'm gonna twist that, make that hurt. I'm gonna torture you. Yeah, that's that's Shayna Baszler's mo. But I loved Rhea Ripley's line before the match started. So you're the man, huh? Well, let's see if you got a pair of balls. Crowd popped oh, huge for it. Huge. I loved it. But as this sh- as this episode of NXT kept progressing, everything was getting better and better. Like we were supposed to get Kona Reeves versus Matt Riddle. Out of nowhere, here comes Ricochet. Kona Reeves. Oh my God. Kona Reeves, bye bye. We don't see you for the rest of the episode. No. Nope. Rick- Ricochet comes in. Doesn't really say anything. Matt Riddle comes out. He's ready for the match. It looks like we're getting Matt Riddle and Ricochet. <laughs> And we did. These guys were going nuts. Those we, two were... That was a great spot. A short match, but phenomenal. We didn't really get to see a whole lot of Ricochet and Matt Riddle uh, tearing no. up one-on-one in NXT because they were both baby faces. But I liked this a lot. Ricochet, to me, still feels like an NXT guy. He still, oh, feel, he still feels like an NXT guy to me. But definitely. I love the match. Uh, I think at one point, like, he did... Uh, I can't remember what it was. Like, Riddle caught him mid-air into, like, a German suplex? Yes. Uh, not not to mention uh, Ricochet doing the uh, suicide dive through the ropes, turning it into a flip oh as my. he comes through the ropes, just flipping into Matt Riddle. He's freaking unbelievable. Like, no other man should be able to go through that and be able to do a, bow, a, do a, do a flip mid-dive. He is unbelievable. I've, I've said on this podcast before that him and Will Ospreay are both Spider-Man. Oh, definitely. R- that's, that's why Rico- WWE refers to him as WWE's resident superhero. Because Rick- there's Ricochet- things he's doing that nobody else can do. Ricochet is Miles Morales' Spider-Man, and Will Ospreay is Peter Parker. Like, yes. the things that both those guys can do are insane. Towards the end yes. of this match, it was Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura trying to get involved... But Riddle actually ends up getting, a, I think, a small pa- uh, a small package on on Ricochet. I don't know what it was. he ended up getting a sneaky pin on Ricochet, winning the match. Cesaro and Nakamura came in. They start beating down Riddle and Ricochet. Nakamura tries to get a uh, he tried getting a, a Kinshasa on him, but then Rod- Roddy Strong comes out of nowhere and knees with him that, in the face with that flying knee. You know, being like, "Hey, we got we got a match on Sunday, man. Don't you forget." Yeah, we got beef. You're showing up on my turf. I'm coming at you now. And Riddle was the one who ended up looking strong in the end. Oh, I th- yeah. I think it was... Uh, it was Nakamura, right? Or was that Rod- Roddy at the, at the end of the ramp? No, I think it was Roderick Strong, right? Uh, I believe, yeah, well, I believe it was Roddy. Yeah. So, but, because, but, but how because, about Because, again, they have the War Games match on Saturday. Right, the triple threat. No, the War Games match. M- oh Matt- right, the War Games match, the uh, against the uh, against Team Champa. Yes. No, what were you gonna say right. about uh, Ricochet? 
What about that uh, that cross body ricochet did over the barricade onto? Oh my god! Like the height that man the height got. and the distance of that. Yeah, like that that guardrail is not that close. Cesaro was not close to that guardrail either, and the fact that ricochet just made it look like just look easy. It's like, how how does somebody compete with somebody who can do something like that? Wait, that wasn't Rick, that wasn't uh, Roderick Strong at the end. That was Finn Balor. All oh, right, because Finn Balor then Finn came Balor... Out and attacked Matt Riddle. Right, because Riddle's not in War Games anymore. Right, because he's got that he's got that one on one match with, damn, with I Balor. Forgot. Yeah, and Balor tried doing the nineteen sixteen, and uh, Riddle throws him over the ring. Right, hit him with the uh, the knee. Mm-hmm. I'm. Um, I'm really excited about that. We talked about how, like, it sucks that it's not Gargano, but Riddle and Balor will put on a really great, great match. Oh, yeah. And I felt like this whole thing, that should have opened the show. I get wanting to open with Becky, and, you know, she's, she's like, the most over person in the entire company right now, and the, the segment was open the show was good, but if they had opened with this, oh, my God. If you, oh. if you had people who were contemplating... Whether or not they wanted to turn to AEW. If you opened with this, you were hooking people. Oh, yeah. And then have have Becky Lynch come out as soon, at some point later, but not even have her meet William Regal in the back or anything like that. Just have her music hit and her walk out. You would have gotten even larger pop than what she did when she, first, when, when she started it. Yeah, because it would have been a big shock. Right. Would have been a lot better. But, but to each his own... I still thought this segment was absolutely amazing, and I loved it. But I think the thing I loved the most about this, maybe the most about this entire show, was that tag match between Undisputed Era and The Revival. Please, please, just send The Revival back to NXT. Bring them back to NXT and have them feud with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly forever. That was amazing. The numerous times you heard that Fight Forever chant during that match, you honestly felt that those those four individuals could fight forever. Now, I've said, I'm actually, I'm not a big fan of the Fight Forever chant. The only time I've ever really loved it when it happened, when it, when it, when it happened for the first time against Nakamura and Sami Zayn. And then maybe a handful of times after that. But when they did the Fight Forever chant here, I'm like, Yes. Please keep this going. This is absolutely amazing. I was yeah. There was like one thing. There was a uh, one spot where where they they were trying to hit the high low Fish and O'Reilly, and then I think right. it was Dash who pushed Kyle O'Reilly out of the ring. The, they had the camera on Kyle O'Reilly when they should have got to the hard cam when they hit the shatter machine. They replayed it when it was fine. Kind of took right. me out of the moment just just a little bit. But when I saw that replay, I'm like, oh man, that was a beautiful transition. But even when they did, when he pushed uh, Bobby Fish out, of, or no, I believe he pushed Kyle O'Reilly out of the ring. They did, they did push Kyle O'Reilly out of the ring, and then they hit the shatter machine on Bobby Fish. Right, even you could still see it in the corner a bit because he he moved fast enough to push him out of the way and still hit that shatter machine. So you could still catch it a bit, but even on the replay, you just saw how good it was, how fluid it was, just the push I back love, to setting himself and hitting it. I love the transition in that. It's just tag team wrestling at its finest, and the revival paying homage to DIY with the meet me in the middle kick, uh, kicks and knee, uh, yeah. trying to do the Bobby Fish, but Kyle O'Reilly like pushing Bobby out of the way, sacrificing himself so Bobby doesn't get the hit. You had that really great uh, 
get the superplex into that diving elbow. Oh my god. I mean, these guys worked so well together. These guys are two of the best tag teams in the world. Absolutely. And I, I after seeing this, I don't want the revival to go back to SmackDown. I want the revival to go back to back to NXT. I do too. I want I mean, go- you got you got the first two-time NXT champions and then you got the three-time NXT champions. The two of the best tag teams NXT has ever had. Because if you want the revival to stay with the WWE, their contract expires sometime next year. You don't want them to jump ship to AEW, bring them to right. bring them to NXT. Cuz I guarantee that'll make them want to stay. Oh, definitely. Cuz then they'll have, then they'll, they'll have control over what they can do. Yeah, that's true. Well, actually, I can't guarantee. Maybe they will want to go to AEW afterwards. Who knows? But I think if if you do want to take a shot, at the very least trying to keep them, definitely bring them to NXT. Because they, they could change their minds. They could change their minds. Be like, oh, maybe we sh- if we stay here, we, could stay, definitely. We, we, we might be able to have some fun. Definitely. I mean, Finn Balor, I've, I've, heard, I've listened to all their podcasts. Finn Balor said him going back to NXT, best thing he's done right now. He doesn't take anything. He doesn't say anything bad about the main roster or anything. He enjoyed his time up there. But Finn Balor coming back to NXT too, he was like, "This is where I need to be." So if the revival can do something like that, that's where they need to be. The tag team matches they can put on with all those tag teams in NXT probably be four or five star matches again. I also think that the NXT tag division really needs the revival because to me, Era is the tag division to me. I mean, it, not that they are not that there aren't really great tag teams in there. I mean, the Forgotten Songs are a pretty good tag team. Breezango are there. I mean, they're not really there to like make waves in the tag division, but they're there to have fun. It's something for Tyler Breeze and Fandango to do, being the tag division down there. And, right. And it's really fun. It's really cool for them. And I'm trying to think of other tag teams that are down there right now. And to be honest with you, I'm blanking. You really can't because all those good NXT tag teams are now Raw and SmackDown. I mean, you could do. You could put Keith Lee and Matt Riddle together. Right. The could, Limitless Bros. Yeah. You could put DIY back together for a bit with Champ and Gargano. Because I really liked their match they had with Era earlier this year in the Dusty Classic, and I would really like to see more of that since, you know, Gargano and Champ are both babyfaces now. Yeah. But, um... But, yeah, the Revival and, and Undisputed Era, this, this match just blew my mind and and not not to mention that ending right before Dawson got hit with the uh yeah. the, the kicks he with, just with looked at high... both of them it was just, he just looked at both of them was just like kiss my ass and then he got the high low and with the finish Marlon Ronaldo saying Scott Dawson kissing the victory goodbye yep i'd have to say as far as the commentary goes i think NXT's commentary is the best oh definitely not to say AEW Definitely. isn't good, but we talked about it a little bit last week when when Shivani and Jim Ross aren't too aware of what's going on with certain people. Yeah, it, yeah, it it really really shows. Whereas Mar Ronaldo and and Nigel McGuinness, like when and Kate, Beth Phoenix, Beth Phoenix has improved a lot. She has she improved really has. a lot. She had she had great commentary during that tag team match. I thought it was she, on point. She was doing she has done a really great job, and I'm really she impressed is. with Beth Phoenix's commentary. Um. Whereas, I mean, Nigel McGuinness, when Kaylee Ray made her debut on NXT TV, 
she like he made it a huge deal. He was freaking out. He was putting her over to the moon. Like that's the NXT UK Women's Champion Kaylee Wright. Like he's going nuts. Like giving yeah. showing to the audience at home this girl is a big deal and you need to you need to know exactly who she is. And right. I and I love that about Nigel McGuinness. I love it. Like him and Morrow are him and Morrow are like the best and I don't Beth is not on the level of Morrow and, and and Nigel. Not that she's not good. She's just not on their level. No, I don't right. think really anybody is. But they Oh, do no. Work. Those those two guys are literally into the match. Like usually I I've I've heard and I believe it's true that the commentary has scripts too. But I feel like Triple H just goes out there tells Nigel McGuinness and Mara and Morrow to just be like go out there and call the match as you see it. Exactly. Like and just bring your bring your guys's excitement. Just bring that to that. Just no. Just go out there and free it. There, it's all you. And that's why there is like you can tell there's restriction on the main roster with commentary. That Vince is always kind of in their ear. Like right. If you remember back with the the first uh, UK uh, title cha- uh, tournament, the first one with Michael right. Cole and Nigel McGuinness, Michael Cole was actually really entertaining to listen to. Yeah, he didn't he, have he, he didn't have Vince in his ear, and he was. I'm like, oh wow, Michael Cole's actually, f- I can. He's actually doing a really great job. Yeah, like we make fun of Michael Cole for being terrible during Raw and SmackDown, but during that, it was like, wow, Michael Cole is actually really good at his job. Because Triple H is not in their their ear the whole time, being like, God say this, focus on that. Maybe he's saying some things here and there, but I think for the most part, he's very hands free and just like, I want this point across, but as far as what you guys want to say. You're kind of you can kind of do what you want, yeah. But anyway, the tag team match between Era and Revival was fantastic, and I think for for me, it's it's up there with one of the best matches of the year. We only have about uh, le- we have less than a month left, so but I don't I think it's one of the best tag team matches I've seen all year. Definitely, and that was definitely. The best match last night on NXT. Absolutely, it was. I think it was the best match so far this week. I, th- I think I think it was better than anything AEW did. Even though, yeah. Nick, even though Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix was really great, and Darby Allen and John Moxley was really great, that was, they for sure won because of that match. Definitely, I was watching. I was watching NXT at work today to catch up on it, trying to do my work while that match was going on. I was like, I, I can't work. I'm I'm glued to this match right now. I know. I didn't want to leave my TV at all. I'm just I I didn't have my phone in my. I'm like, this match is just too good. I can't not pay attention to it. Yeah. But later on, we had uh, Kaylee Ray and Dakota Kai had a really good match. Um, I will say that I was tuned into that one a little bit too. As much as I don't watch. The women's wrestling that much? I was I was actually tuned into that. That was a hard hitting match. That was that was a pretty good match. And I think a really great way for Kaylee Ray to show up and show what she's got. And yeah, especially especially right before War Games when nobody had seen what she could do, and now she's on Shayna's War War Games team. It's like, what does she really bring to the table? And it proved what she brought to the table. And then we had the rest of the women from uh, from NXT and Raw and SmackDown come out and have a big brawl. I really right. liked the interaction between Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. We thought they were right. going to get into it, but no, they didn't. I thought it was very interesting that Nikki Cross was the one in the end who beat everybody down with the trash can lid. I loved that because Nikki <laughs> because Nikki Cross was so over in NXT and she was like the most popular member of Sanity. 
she yeah. everybody shocking shockingly she was the un, she was the one nobody knew about really and then it was like oh N- Nikki Cross knows what she's doing Nikki Cross is great Nikki Cross is great she is she's hilarious which she's she not is. trying to be but she's absolutely fantastic I love Nikki Cross oh um, yeah it was just great it was just great to see her back in full sail yeah the crowd loved having her absolutely she got a huge pop when she came out and I think to kind of finish things up with NXT we had Adam Cole baby and uh, Dominic Dijakovic in a ladder match for the War Games Advantage for the War Games Advantage and this match was really good too I don't for me not as good as the tag match but it was still really good like there was a re- the uh, Cole hitting the Panama Sunrise from the top of the ladder. Like I was watch I was watching something earlier, and when I was watching it, I was like, from from where the where he was on that la- ladder in that little mini corner, Dominic Dijakovic is six foot seven. Yeah, he's a big. You dude. did not have that much room to do that move on a six foot seven man. Yeah, he's a big dude, Dijakovic. And then Dijakovic hit like a like a. Ch- uh, it wasn't necessarily and a in, choke slam, but he like, but he like threw Cole into the ladder, and Cole oh, was like, yeah. he just bounced right off, right off of it. I'm like, ooh, that's gotta hurt. Oh, it definitely has. And then Dominic Dijakovic hitting his his form of the GTS on the bum knee that Adam Cole had gone after the rest of the match or for earlier in the match. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, in the end, we saw Cole winning the match. So both the heels, heel teams, have the advantage in war games. Which, by the way, I love that. I love that ending. Just him bashing him in the head with the briefcase, and the way Dominic Dajakovic just fell back, and that ladder didn't break, but didn't break fully, but had a decent break in it. Broken but enough. Cole to gra- Broken yeah, enough. to have it. I just, I thought that was great. The impact of that briefcase hitting his head, and then him hitting that ladder. That was just a great sequence. I mean, it's just a taste of what can happen with war games this this Saturday. And oh yeah! Going on, we see. I think it was the SmackDown guys that showed up first, then Raw. Uh, yeah, I believe so. No, the, the Undisputed Era started making their way down. Yes, that's the rest right. of them, and then and then the revival, Shinsuke and Cesaro blocked them from getting to the ring, and then the War Raiders, Zack Ryder, and one other person from Team Raw showed up. I believe it was Ricochet too. I think it was showed up. I think it was War Raiders, Zack Ryder, and the Street Profits. Right. Okay. Yeah. The Street Profits. They all showed up and kind of sandwiched the undisputed era. And then they attacked everybody. Yep. And then and they then attacked. The rest... e- and then they attacked each other. Yep. And then the rest of the NXT roster came out. They're yeah. going at it. They're going at it. All of a sudden, you see Drew McIntyre coming to the ring and just Claymore kicked Dijakovic oh. out of nowhere. And I'm the like, pop the crowd gave Drew McIntyre when he hit that ring, everybody was like, oh my god, Drew McIntyre is back at full sale. And then this, again, this just kept getting better and better. It was similar to the segment earlier in the night where we saw Riddle and Ricochet and and uh, and Finn Balor. Keith Lee comes in. Oh my god. This, I popped huge for this. He grabs Drew McIntyre and like gets him so high in the air, and this sit-down power bomb—you could see like the, like the impact it made in the ring. Like, Drew McIntyre is six foot six. The way that man hit the mat and popped back off after that power bomb—that had to hurt. You felt for that man. 
And I want to see Drew McIntyre Keith Lee now. Please give me that Absolutely. match. Absolutely. The, just those two big guys going at it. Then Absolutely. Iv- then Ivar comes in the ring. They both kind of look look like they're going to brawl, but they look at each other like, oh, looks like we've got the same idea here. The, the, like, there's a lot of people outside that ring. You think what I'm thinking? Who's going to outdo the other? Ivar hits a suicide dive, and then Keith Lee flips over the top rope. Like, I was showing somebody at work that whole sequence, and I told them, I was like, look, that guy, Keith Lee right there is 320 pounds. Ivar is 310 pounds. People 300, pounds, 300 plus pounds should not be moving like that. Like, they should not be doing moves like that. Keith Lee is so great, and I'm really, really happy that in the past couple of months, he has gotten a proper rub on NXT because he wasn't doing anything for a while. No. I'm really happy that he's doing something because he is one of, like, he's a very unique special guy. Again, like you said, a guy that big should not be doing moves that crazy. No. And like, his, his, his theme song says it all. Like, we need to bask in his glory. Absolutely. I mean, he's got a great voice, too. Like, I know Tom from Cultaholic has said how much he wants, like, a Keith Lee podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'd be down for that. He's got a oh, so- yeah. he's got a soothing voice, Keith Lee. It's a soothing, intimidating voice. It's like, you know what you? It's like it's weird. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, he's intimidating, but it's a soothing thing where it's like I can't stop listening to him. I know. It's very interesting. Keith, Keith, but Keith Lee though, he's been looking fantastic in this invasion storyline angle. Yes. And after, and after everybody is down, who's the one person who's left standing but Adam Cole? Baby, just standing there, be like, he's kind of got a big grin on, big shit-eating grin on his face, like, like ha, I'm the last one standing. Everybody's down, and then out of nowhere, here comes Seth Rollins, super kicking him in the face, and Seth Rollins got booed in full sail. Oh, did he ever? He was getting there was some cheers in there, but every but a majority of people were booing him last night, and then, yes. and then a Seth's not cool chant started. I love that. I love that. I thought it was random and hilarious. I was like, I loved they're, it too. They're really, they're really chanting. Seth's not cool. I loved it too. I thought that was effing hilarious. I loved it. And then, and then as Seth Rollins goes to set up for that curb stomp, whose music hits? Daddy's home. Tommaso, Daddy's home. Tommaso, Tommaso Champa. Champa. Tommaso Champa. And when they Survive. got, when I don't know if you noticed this, but when they got. Cl- close into his face and he's pointing to himself he goes this is my house mother mother effer he said that I'm like oh my god I think I may have popped more for that than I did for the Keith Lee like sit down power bomb oh yeah I was like oh my god I'm freaking out and then Champa comes in the he kind of he kind of just walks over the all the prone bodies just being like let me just step over you here and go and of course go ahead go ahead and of course, as soon as he gets to the stairs, he just looks to his left to see Adam. Sees Adam Cole just stand like kneeing there, and he just goes, "And a good knee to the face." Hits him with the hits him with the running knee. Champa and Rollins just stare each other down, and then they start going at it and start beating each other up. And I am highly disappointed. That's when they go, and that's all we have for NXT. Like, how are you just gonna end it with these two still beating the crap out of each other? It's very true. Like, you got you you gotta have like. At, USA Network should have had some sort of like grace period with WWE. Like, okay, you can have the next ten minutes, but that's it. Like, yeah. how are you just gonna end it with they're those had... just throwing haymakers at each other? There had to be something. 
I mean, I was a little bummed out that they kind of ended with that. Like the last thing you see is like Champa going after Bobby Fish, so we don't really know what kind of what really happened afterwards. But exactly. But overall, I thought this was an excellent episode of NXT. It was a great way to get me enticed, not only for War Games but for Survivor Series. Everything has played into each other very well. On the NXT side of things, I think the build has been the best. With NXT talent being on SmackDown and Raw, I think it's been hit or miss. The first night with the with the SmackDown angle, that was incredible. Uh, it's been kind of hit or miss ever since then, but with NXT themselves building the story for themselves, that's amazing. And, and you think, and you think, like we said off mic earlier, NXT was pulling double duty last night. Like everybody's got the go home episode before Survivor Series. NXT's got the go home episode for War Games and Survivor Series, so they really had to deliver last night. They did. They really had to, and I think they did. And with getting to that, I think we should get into our AEW, uh, AEW NXT <laughs> wrong, uh, wrong wrestling promotion. Yes, wrong one. Uh, <laughs> NXT War Game predictions and uh, Survivor Series predictions. So we'll start with uh, War Games first. So uh, we've got Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor in a singles match. John, who do you have and why? You know, either way, it's going to be hard hitting with the way Matt Riddle is and Finn Balor being back just trying to show his vengeance, but I've, I've, I think Finn Balor pulls it out. Finn Balor is going to pull out the W. I agree. I mean, it's Balor's first like proper NXT match in a long time. He did have the the NXT UK takeover match with Jordan Devlin, but if he's going to be in right. NXT for a while, if he's going to be like a, a big player and a top heel in the promotion, then he's got to get the win over Matt Riddle. Right. Uh, and yeah, it's his first takeover in how, I don't know how long. And yeah, it's it's Finn Balor. It has to be Finn Balor. He needs to win. Uh, yeah, it's got to be Finn. Uh, next up, a match that apparently was originally aired supposed to be last night for uh, a triple threat. They moved to takeover, and there's a stipulation. But the competitors are Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest, and it's a triple threat match. And the winner will receive an NXT Championship match on Sunday against Adam Cole. Who I mean, you, hey, good good way to get Adam Cole into Survivor Series. Yeah. So who? But do you, I don't, I don't, I don't know. This match could go either way. I mean, uh, Damian Priest been on a tear lately. Big wins. Pete Dunne is just Pete Dunne, and same thing as Killian Dane. It's Killian Dane. Two of the, all three of them are just massive beasts in their own way. But for some reason, as much as I want to say Pete Dunne, I feel Killian Dane. Killian Dane. Okay. I'm feeling Killian Dane. I, I'm, I like Killian Dane right now for some reason. When he had the whole rivalry with Matt Riddle and stuff, him going into this match, I feel Killian Dane. I was contemplating between like Pete Dunn and Damian Priest. Damian Priest because he could really get a, it could be a good spot for him, and it could be a real breakout match for him and everything. Whereas Pete Dunne and Killian Dane do seem to have like some unfinished business and everything, and they can right. continue that story arc, but I'm kind of gonna go with more in my head and say Pete Dunne because they do like to put Pete Dunne in these big match situations. He won't win the title, but I do think right. that they do want to have Pete Dunne as a big player in NXT, and I think him and Adam Cole would just be a really fun, really great match, uh, and I think it just fits the best, just for me. Moving on to our first War Games match, the women's War Games match. The team of Rhea Ripley, Candice Theray, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim 
versus the team of Shayna Baszler, the NXT Women's Champion, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and the NXT UK Women's Champion, Kaylee Ray. Who do you think is walking out the winners at War Games? These, these War Game ones are tough since it's all four on four, but you're going to have the back and forth of the odd numbers, but mm-hmm. I'm feeling Baszler's team. Okay. I don't know why. I feel like Baszler's team is going to come out with it some way or another. I feel like Baszler's minions are going to come out and somehow cause some sort of a ruckus, and Baszler's, gonna, Baszler's team is going to pull it out. The War Games matches are really are the hardest to predict on the show. I am gonna I'm going with Rhea Ripley's team because I think they're really building towards a big uh, title match between Ripley and Shayna Baszler. I do see that they want Rhea Ripley to be a big part of NXT and uh, at a future takeover, maybe even the next takeover they do to have Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler uh, because we. They had a match, but they didn't... I think it ended in a DQ or something because of the Horsewomen. But yeah, I think they're setting up a big push yeah. for Rhea Ripley. And plus, that would give credit for Rhea Ripley to have an NXT Women's Championship match if her team beat Shayna Baszler's. Right. Good point. Good point. Okay. And uh, and finally, which will most likely be the main event, it's the men's War Games, uh, War Games match with the Undisputed Era... Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, all the champs, NXT, NXT North American, and NXT Tag Team Champions, Undisputed Era, versus Team Champa of Tommaso Champa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and a mystery partner. We still don't know who this person is. First, let's get into who we think will win the match, and then we can kind of give like a little bonus prediction of who we think that last person will be. Now, John, who do you think will win the men's War Games match? I don't know. This this is a tough one because the Undisputed Era, since WWE started War Games, the Undisputed Era has been in every single War Games. Well, there's only been two so far. So, right, yeah. so, they, they, so yeah. they've, been in both, they've been in both of them so far, though. Yeah, but it has been their match. Yeah, so, I mean, they got the experience on the War Games. I think they're, what, one in one? Two and zero. If you're, I think I believe they, they're one and one in the war games. They won the first one with O'Reilly, Fish, and Cole. They lost right. the second one when it was all four of them with Strong added to the mix. Right. So this one's tough, especially not knowing that fourth member of Team Champa. But I gotta go with UA or the UE. You gotta go with the Undisputed Era. Again, this one I was really. This is the one that I was just like I'm the most unsure of. But you could argue that the Undisputed Era is due a win. But again, I think similar to Rhea Ripley with, you know, her team winning and her getting a title shot, I'm going to go with Team Champa here. Again, to further continue the storyline of Champa and Cole. Um, I mean, plus that mystery partner and usually a lot of people who have like mystery partners do end up winning matches at big pay-per-views right now we'll move on to who we think this mystery partner is now who do you think will be the fourth member of Team Champa originally I said Velveteen Dream okay I said Velveteen Dream makes sense but now I'm hearing rumors Velveteen Dream is out till at least January now okay so I don't. I don't really know. I, st- I still want to say Velveteen Dream. 
Okay. Um, I have been saying for a while that I think it would be Johnny Gargano. He is injured, but they do like to play a bit of a work shoot in there. I did hear, uh, well, not hear, but I read that Triple H was saying that on a conference call that he does, that Johnny is doing okay, that, you know, it's not horrible, that he, he sh- hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. He didn't necessarily give a timetable for uh, War Games. Again, this could be a thing where, like, they thought he'd be out for a while, and he's like, oh, we can actually come back sooner than expected. Right. And I'm contemplating Velveteen Dream, too. Because he could be, he could be coming back soon, too. Yeah. But, uh, but just to differ with you, I'm going to say Johnny Gargano. I'll say Johnny Gargano, because I think he'll just get a huge pop coming back. Definitely. Okay, and now we'll move on to Survivor Series itself. So, we'll also kind of... And also, at the time of this recording... There, the teams for NXT and the men's and NXT women's have not been announced yet, so we'll kind of, I guess, kind of guess who we think could be on there. So we'll, I we'll, guess we'll, we'll do that when we get to them. But um, but first, let's start things off with uh, the Triple Threat Women's Match: the man Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, versus Bailey, the SmackDown Women's Champion, versus Shayna Baszler, the NXT Women's Champion. Who do you got and why? Shayna Baszler. Okay. Shayna Baszler, just the way she just, I mean, didn't go after Becky Lynch that much, probably because she's saving it for Survivor Series, but the way she just methodically went after Bailey and Becky, I feel like Shayna Baszler's just, Shayna Baszler's going to pull it off. She's she's the hard hitter. She's got, like, she is the submission machine, so she's got more of those handles to just torture those two girls, the two women in the match. I'm going to be going with Becky Lynch here. Again, she's still very over with the crowd. She's still a, a huge part of the main roster and the WWE in general. And I think they are going to want to have like some big, bigger names in the these Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT matches kind of go over. But uh, but I'm going with Becky Lynch, kind of just playing things a little safe because we all because right. we all know that Bailey's kind of in there. She's probably going to be taking the pin or the submission. Probably. That's what I'm saying. If Shayna Baszler, if Shayna Baszler wins, she gets the pin over, over Bailey, and then her and Becky still go at it some way because Becky's like, "Well, you didn't beat me. You beat Bailey." That's very true. Uh, next, uh, the uh, tag team triple threat match: the Viking Raiders, the Raw Tag Team Champions, Eric and Ivar versus the New Day, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions of Big E and Kofi Kingston, versus the Undisputed Era of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Who you got and why? This could go either way, but again, I'm I'm going NXT, taking taking the uh, undisputed era. I feel like those guys are just going to be moving too quick. Even though those guys can do a whole lot of stuff, those two just like anybody else, they got they got good tag team chemistry together. I think they can just they're going to pick apart, and they know how to they know how to corner their tag team partners to keep their tag team opponents to keep them away from everybody. So I think they're just going to toy with the new day of trying to keep the Viking Raiders out. I agree with you, and I do think Fish and O'Reilly are going to come up with the win here. Um, this is the one that, this is, I think, out of all these matches, I'm the most confident on this one. At the, at the entire weekend, I'm most confident on this one, and Balor and Riddle. But, yeah, right. I think this is one where um, 
NXT, I think, really should win, especially after that great match they had with the, Re- the Revival. They really do need to win here. Um, just, again, establish dominance. And NXT does need to look very strong going into Survivor Series, and I think for my money right now, Fish and O'Reilly are the best tag team in WWE overall. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on to... I guess just go on to the next triple threat match, the mid-card triple threat match uh, of AJ Styles, the United States Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental Champion, and Roderick Strong, the NXT North American Champion. Who you got? AJ Styles. AJ Styles. Going with Team Raw on this one. I feel like either way, this match is probably going to be one of the best matches on the card for the night. But AJ Styles' experience and what he can do with... Shinsuke Nakamura and po- the possibility to see what he can do with Roderick Strong, I still think AJ Styles comes out with the victory on that one. I'm going for Roderick Strong. I think that it's probably going to be... I don't think Roderick Strong... I'm kind of taking a big, big bit of a risk here because AJ's probably the safer bet. He's been booked tremendously strong since turning heel. But I'm yes. going with Roderick Strong here because I think that, again, it's a thing of... You need to make your NXT guys look really good, really strong, and if you want people on your main roster to watch AE, uh, not watch AEW and watch NXT, then making your NXT guys look really good in the process helps you bring more viewership to your product because the main roster WWE product has more viewers than AEW. You already have people who are watching one, two shows in, under your, your umbrella. You might as well try and entice them to get them to watch uh, your third your, your now third brand. So yeah. making these NXT guys look really good, especially guys in the Undisputed Era, that's what you really want to do. Uh, yes. Next, we'll move on to Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship. Who you got for this one? The Fiend. The Fiend is just unbeatable it's a different it's like it's like uh finn balor's demon king it's just it's it's totally different from what brian's probably going to be used to so i just the the fiend's coming out with that the fiend for sure i think the fiend for sure needs to win here i like that he's kind of been the fiend as a character has kind of gone after people in his history since i mean he had balor you know because him and balor have had history together uh, him and Rollins, you know, with the Shield and and the Wyatt family, and now Daniel Bryan with the fe- uh, with his history being in the Wyatt family and his feud with Bray Wyatt. I think this is the I think so far with the feeds Fiend's feuds, this is the one I'm most interested in and I'm most invested in. And they can do some really great stuff. But uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Fiend here. He needs to win. Uh, but it'll be a really great match. Really yeah, like forward. you got you got to give Bray Wyatt a decent run with the Universal Title. I feel like this is the perfect time. The Fiend is the dual, the dual personality character of Bray Wyatt with the Fiend and obviously his other the regular Bray Wyatt, but him having the championship, you just got to have him have that long run. So him going over Daniel Bryan, who's a multi-time champion, would be good for him to get that long that long hard push that he needs. Yeah, I do also want something. I actually I actually want the Fiend. Like the fiend with the mask and everything have to have a different title than Bray Wyatt. Like Bray Wyatt can have the blue championship, and that's fine. I, I feel I, like I have heard something that they're still working on the custom title for the I, fiend. So Bray I, Wyatt will have the blue strap, and 
The Fiend will have something completely different. I, I keep hearing things like it was rumored that things fell through, but I really do want The Fiend to have a different championship. Like, there was a custom Universal Championship that someone made for Bray Wyatt that he put out on Twitter like a number of years ago. And Right, when he first won the title. Like, it just looks really, really good. Like, dark and like like almost like 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 there's like almost like blood stains on it and these scratches and clothes like like there was a fight or something i do hope the fiend has a different championship but we'll see come sunday because because yes. i don't think him the fiend coming out with a blue belt doesn't really make much sense with when it, when a universal title was red it made sense it looked good on him but yeah i don't know I, but but I actually do like the blue championship. I don't mind it. I like it. But with the I theme, do it. It it fits. If it's a brand specific title, like when it was on Raw, it had the red strap. So now that it's on the blue brand, it should signify the blue brand. I think the blue the blue strap is nice. I kind of like it better than the red strap, though. I do too. Moving on to the next title match of the night, we have Adam Cole Bebe defending the NXT Championship against the winner of that triple threat match. This should be pretty easy to predict. So who you got? Yeah, if it's if it's Killian Dangerous, Adam Cole, you, you got to go with Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, the man, the man, the man's probably on the best run of his career, especially with what he's done with the invasion angle and since winning the title. The man, the man, the man has been busy and has brought. I w- I don't want to say relevance back to the NXT title because it's always been relevant. It was just changing hands so often. The fact that he's getting this long run now. I but feel it, like this is Bray uh, Adam Cole is going to keep going with it. Yeah, it, it feels important. But but yeah, I'm going Adam Cole. Uh, I predicted Pete Dunne for the for War Games, but I think regardless, Adam Cole will come out with a victory, regardless of whoever he faces. Yeah. The third championship of the of the night, we have the WWE champion Brock Lesnar defending the championship against Rey Mysterio in a no hold barred match. Who you got for this one? <laughs> I got Ray. I just have something, really? something in me, even though we know Brock Lesnar probably is gonna walk out, but I have a funny feeling Ray Mysterio can put him push him to the limit and has has the good has a good chance possibly taking that strap from Brock Lesnar. I really want you to go in more deep into this. What 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 makes you think that Bray will I'm sorry, Ray will win the championship from Brock on Sunday? <sighs> I'm not criticizing, I just I genuinely want to hear uh, your theory on this. Because in the past, Ray and Brock have put on some great matches. Mm-hmm. The fact that Ray, Ray, since he's come back to WWE, hasn't really had a key storyline or anything to make him relevant. Now that the fact that he's in a storyline with Brock Lesnar and he's got to play defender for his son, who got beat down by Brock Lesnar several times, I just feel like Ray's coming out with a vengeance and he's just going to take Brock Lesnar to the limit and, ve- and take the title off him. I feel like this is just a personal fight for Rey Mysterio, and he's not taking no for an answer. He's going to put everything he's got into it to leave with that WWE championship. It's a good theory, and I agree with you in the sense that Rey Mysterio feeling like a bigger deal uh, I love because in times in the past number of years when he's come back to the, t- the company, whatever the case may be, from injury or from recent memory, he just never made to feel like a big deal. When Rey Mysterio is a big deal, he's a guy who can bring in casual fans to come watch. But uh, Exactly. But I am disagreeing with you, and I think Brock will retain. Um, I think we're going to have another situation where Brock will hold the title until Mania, regardless of who I... Th- I don't know who exactly he'll defend the title against up until then, but 
I think this will be a lot of fun. This will be a hard-hitting match. Uh, Brock's going to really sell for for Ray. I, I do see, like, I see Dominic getting involved, maybe Cain Velasquez getting involved somehow, because apparently they thought, at first, they took him off that house show in Mexico. We were supposed to tag with, uh, with Mysterio, and then they took him off, and then eventually like oh Kane's actually oh he's actually doing better than we thought so now the match yeah. now the match is like it's it's in Mexico City so it's now it's Kane and uh Humberto Carrillo versus Gallows and Anderson but I don't know I, I think Brock will win I uh, just I, I always thought he'd win I think the match is going to be fantastic and it could it could be match of the night possibly but um but I am going with Brock all right now we are going to the Clusters of these five on five on five Survivor Series matches. Oh my God! Uh, first, we'll start with the women. We have Team Raw, which is Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and Sarah Logan, versus Team SmackDown of Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross, versus the women's team of Team NXT, which we have no idea who they are. Uh, they very well could be announced on on SmackDown on Friday. We don't know. Uh, or they could just wait until uh, Survivor Series comes. Um, we can kind of speculate who we think could be in the NXT women's side right now. Um, who I think for sure, I think will be Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, and, and one other person, maybe Dakota Kai or something. Um, well, who do, you, who do you think will be on Team uh, NXT for the women? Um, it's kind of hard because most, like, like we've covered before, NXT doesn't have... They got a bolster of women on the roster, but it's, it's hard to tell since a lot of them are in that rivalry on War Games, but definitely Rhea Ripley, I believe. Mm-hmm. I want to say I want to say Shayna Baszler, but she's in that triple threat match. Yes, she is. So, possibly Mia Yim. Um, that's two. Need three more. I want to say Candice. I want to pretty... You know what? I'm just going to say I want to say pretty much the same team you said. It's just going to be the whoever... Not as beat up from war games the night before. Yeah, I would just think you need to find for to make sense for kayfabe. You need to find some baby face, and I think Dakota Kai should be that person. I don't. Yeah, can... I, I don't want to because after the 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 no pun intended the war these women are going to go through the night before. I don't want to see anybody from Team Baszler to be on this team if they are the ones who are going to be on it. Um, yeah, but. I'm going to go with Team SmackDown here. Uh, I think uh, Sasha, at least out of Bailey and Sasha, should look good here. I'm kind of taking a risk because Team Raw has Charlotte. But yeah. I'm kind of just... just Because uh, I, I really don't know who could win this. NXT could win this. But... Right, because we, we don't know what the NXT team yet. The, the NXT team. The so, NXT team is... Yeah, so it could be unpredictable. I'm just going with SmackDown uh, just for the hell of it. Who you got? I got Raw. They got Charlotte and Asuka. Yeah, sh- <laughs> I hate to say it. They got Charlotte and Asuka on Team Raw. Yeah, I should have picked Raw, but whatever. I picked SmackDown. Who cares? Anyway, and uh, finally, the 5-on-5-on-5 five on five on five men's Survivor Series triple threat elimination match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Team Raw, which consists of Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet, versus Team SmackDown, which consists of Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Shorty G, versus Team NXT, which we currently don't know. Now, this is 
who I think will be the team. Uh, right, because out of, out of all the men, all the men on NXT rosters, this is probably the hardest one to put together because you can legitimately just take anybody from that roster and put them on that team. But for me, I think it will be Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and Kevin Owens. Wow, bold. I think Kevin Owens is going to turn on Raw, on WWE, and I think Team NXT will win this match. And I think Kevin Owens will return to NXT, and it it all plays into what Triple H was doing with him on Friday, uh, on this past Monday on Raw. I think Kevin Owens will. I, I mentioned to you off mic where Cody Rhodes was and. Bob Holly were feuding with Ted DiBiase, and Ted DiBiase said he had a mystery tag partner for the World Tag Team Titles, and it was Cody Rhodes. And Cody turned on Bob Holly, and he was teaming with with Ted DiBiase to win the tag team titles with Ted DiBiase. So I think Kevin Owens will turn on his team on Raw, join Team NXT. That automatically puts Raw at a disadvantage. Team NXT wins, and I'm going to make an even bolder prediction that I think this will be the main event of the night. I'm 100% gonna agree with you on everything you just said. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Owens is gonna be that that last mystery partner, and it's gonna be pretty much the war the war games team of Team Champa with Kevin Owens. But I feel like Kevin Owens is gonna turn on Team Raw before the match even starts to put Raw at the four man disadvantage the four man disadvantage against the two teams of five. True. Some people online have kind of said Finn Balor, but I think of the way Finn Balor is, I don't think he really cares about the whole brand supremacy thing. Yeah. So that's why I went more with Kevin Owens, especially after what happened. Oh, yeah, especially with the way Triple H just talks to him. was like, you belong in NXT. They don't want you up here on Raw and SmackDown because they know you're too good for them. Exactly. Um, but anyway, I think we are in for a hell of a weekend with... NXT War Takeover War Games with Survivor Series this Sunday. Uh, it's as far as a build to a main roster uh, pay per view. This is the most excited I've been in a long time. Yes, a long, yes, I was, long time. I was just about to say that the build up this entire month of the Invasion angle leading to Survivor Series being the first time it's been all three brands versus each other. They've done a very good job of the build-up. This is probably the best build-up to a pay-per-view they've had all year. All year, for sure. It ties together with War Games. It ties together with Survivor Series. And I love yes. how it's all interconnected. Um, yes. Don't and Triple H, is, Triple H is just a mastermind the way he's leaving the two NXT teams up to the day before, or Friday, who knows, to just be like, yeah, this is my army to bring against your guys. I think, I honestly think they're going to announce it the night of. I think they're they're not going to find out until who it is, and that gives the teams uh, it gives NXT the advantage in a kayfabe sense. You right, because are... they they know what to expect from their teams because they already have it, and Raw and SmackDown can't prepare because they don't know who's on the team. Exactly. But anyway, we've been at this for a while now. Uh, John, I'd like to thank you again for coming on. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for. Uh, Come in, filling in for Sean. Uh, we all know Sean's been very busy. Again, we uh, we miss him here, and uh, yeah, dude, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me for the second week in a row. Yeah, you know, dude. the first the first back to backer, first back to backer, first second time guest. 
Look at that. Two weeks in a row, I'm breaking records. <laughs> yeah, you are, man. Yeah. Um, real quickly, uh, what do you think is going to be match of the weekend? Oh, match of the weekend? That mid-card triple threat match. AJ Styles, Shinsuke, Roderick Strong. I feel like that's going to steal the weekend. I'm going to have to agree. I think it's either going to be that or the men's war games match. Yeah, because you always, the past two war games have just been insane with the way the men have just gone after each other. Yeah, Women's war game should be great too. But uh, I, Yeah, I feel, I feel like that could be a good sneaker too. The women's war game match could be a sneaker. You see how they handle themselves inside that double ring and that, that big cage. Exactly, man. Anyway, we got Survivor Series this Sunday. We got TakeOver War Games this Saturday. It's on the WWE Network. You're not going to want to miss this. Uh, it's Again, this build has been absolutely fantastic for both these pay-per-views. Thank you absolutely. again. Thank you again, John, for coming on. For CJ Palmasano, my good buddy John Cummings, we'll see you next time.